you know, that that's, I think, where I come from, is that, mm-hmm. you know, I'm much less interested in big ontological claims, you know, yeah. I don't, you know claims like trans women are women, or yeah. I was born in the wrong body. I'm much more interested in, I wanted to do these things to my body. I did, yeah. and then these things happened, and yeah. it were remarkable. Don't I give you that rush? I keep that loving raw. Don't need no candlelight, cause you feel like the morning sun. There ain't no end in sight. Put that shit on my life. This ain't no fantasy. We living on the edge tonight. I told her lay down, we can make a movie now. This ain't audition, you tripping over your lines now. I flip the script, I'll be flipping you on your side now. I got a rollie, your roll is to take the time now. I got you dripping in a Tesla, you fucking up all the leather. I just checked, I got a checker, we fucking it up together. Don't lie, don't lie, don't lie, don't lie. I can't help but flex it all I can't wait to break it off I'm the only one to make you feel like you can have it all Don't lie What's going on everybody? What you're about to watch uh, Not you guys, Patreon But for the people that are watching on Monday right now What you guys are about to watch uh, Unfortunately, Los and JD could not make it to this episode Um, It was unfortunate I really wish you guys could have been there why are you looking oh, like this? Oh, I was confused as hell for a second. Like, wait, but I'm right here. And no, I realize what was happening. I'm doing an intro to, the, right. to the episode. Nah, I get it. I get it. Yeah. I get it. Well, he's here now, but but for the episode that you're about to watch right for now, the second half of this episode, not the people not now, but the people later in the future now. Um, but I, it was an opportunity that I felt like I just could not pass up. Yeah. There was a trans woman who came over to the house who was doing an episode for Lovers and Friends, and I said. I would love to sit down with you and have a conversation with you. Now, the reason why um, I think we're both a little bit nervous about putting this out is because when we brought a different style of lifestyle to this channel, people got a little little antsy about it. Mm. So I think that, at least for, I can speak for myself, yeah. um, there was a, a bit of me that was, uh, that was like, ah. Uh, how are people going to react to hearing another story that they probably can't relate to? I mean, I think is I, that to me is the more interesting part. That's why I love yeah. that conversation because it was a, such a different perspective than me yeah. that I was able to like just hear somebody else's life yeah. that just I have no, I can't relate to. Yeah. I you think my, my trepidation was more so just because it feels like we've been not in the same room for a long time. Yeah. And it's just like, damn, we're another so one. Low. But not only that, but now it's just one of us. Yeah. Like, well, you know, someone brought up to my attention was like, because I was in the same boat as you. I yeah. also had coupled up with that. But someone was like, not so, Lauren was like, someone. <laughs> Lauren was like, someone? well, you did the horrible decisions alone. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. It's a little different. Is it? I mean, it's. Yeah, it is. Okay. Because a lot of our listeners already listen to them. Yeah, that makes sense. So it's it, it's sense. it's it's very different from just a random person that they that they don't know that they probably have never heard of. That's the, that's true. That they probably wouldn't even have heard of otherwise. Yeah. So that's true. A little and different. S- and so and then the reason why we didn't get to do a either response with all three of you guys to be a part of this episode is because everybody's busy. Yeah, we still haven't been. Yeah, JD's out of town. Yeah, you know. JD's out of town working real hard at Pebble Beach. Yeah, poor JD. Um, oh, you poor miserable soul! You, how hard <laughs> you have it in life, 
that you had to go on a four-day photo shoot at Pebble Beach. Fuck you, JD. Wow. <laughs> um, so he, know, I, <laughs> he knows why I said that. I'm so jealous. Yeah. Yo, uh, shout out, hey, congrats to JD for that. That was that's a dream job right there. I swear. Yeah. The man's got to go on a four day shoot for I don't know if I can say the the yeah, who it yeah, is, so I won't say who it was him, get him for regular. blank. Yeah. At Pebble Fucking Beach. That's like one of the best golf courses in the world. God, I'm so jealous. Shout out to oh, JD. I'm so jealous. Without further ado, I bring to you. Enjoy the podcast, episode 79. <laughs> Welcome back to Enjoy the Podcast. Uh, uh, you're missing two of our hosts, I know, I know. But we are here, I am here at least. I am one of your hosts, one of your three kings, Jared Brady. And I got a very special guest in the building. I'm super excited. It's a last minute uh, interview that came up because you're actually about to be on Lovers and Friends, which is I love that podcast. I'm really jazzed about it. <laughs> <laughs> I love that podcast. And um, this is Grace Lavery. Um, and I'm just excited to dive into everything that you have to offer. <laughs> That's great. Um, you got a great energy about you. Thank you. So I already know this conversation. You said is that go. you liked my sunglasses, which I was did. a really good start. I, I like your sunglasses <laughs> a lot. So, Thank you. Um, is it safe to say, and I, now I will preface this entire interview that I am liable to say something that may either offend Please or offend or, me. I'm, but, I'm impossible to offend. But what I will say is that uh, I am very easily, I'm here with open ears. Yeah. You can correct me, terminology, I really like your that. energy too, Jared. Okay. I think we're okay. doing great. Perfect, perfect. <laughs> okay, perfect. So is it safe to say that that are you a trans activist or, or yeah? I guess so. I mean, it's, it's not a, I mean, it's a complicated question in a couple of ways. I am a trans person who has a tenured job in the academy, yeah. which means, you know, when I got tenure, um, someone I really admire in my field, which is 19th yeah. century British studies, said to me, tenure means you get yourself arrested. Yeah. Uh, you know, when you get tenure, that means that you are the safest person in the room in most rooms that you walk into in wow. terms of professional exposure. So, you know, I'm an activist in the sense that I try to draw people's fire yeah. um, and I try to or at least I have tried to make a difference in my community and, and, and advocate for the interests of my community. At the same time, you know, we, we meet less than a week since uh, I had this awful experience online where um, a group of, you know, people who, who really dislike trans women decided to send my mother pictures of me and my husband having sex, mm. which, you know, not that there's anything I'm ashamed about in the pictures of me and my husband having sex, but there's something about that. Well, there was malice behind it. There was it, malice behind yeah. it. And it, it it really just has made me really rethink some of my own engagements. I mean, you know, I want to be helpful, continue, you know, I want to yeah. continue to be helpful. But at the same time, um, I don't want to drag my mother. Yeah, into yeah. At the, what what um, expense does it come with? Exactly, you know? yeah. It's interesting. It's like um, it, it, people want us to be you know, sexually free and, mm -hmm. and be happy about these type of things. And like, of course we are, but it's about the intent, like that person or those people, mm -hmm. their intent was to shock your mother. Yeah. Well, and to to hurt her feelings, it, I yeah. think. Yeah. No. And, and to my mother's credit, I mean, you know, my mother and I have slightly complicated, I suppose most people have slightly yeah. complicated relationships with their mother and I do too. Yeah. The one thing that my mother has always understood is my transition. You know, wow. like my mother doesn't quite understand why I'm an academic. Yeah doesn't quite understand why I'm sober, doesn't quite understand why I live in America. 
But the moment I said, mom, you know, I'm going to take estrogenating hormones now yeah. and change my name and, you know, my mother was like, oh, good, thankfully. You know, that, that part makes sense. <laughs> yeah. I don't understand the rest of that part makes sense. And when she saw these photos of me and Danny having sex, her immediate response, I called her, I was like, mom, I'm really sorry that these people are sending yeah. you these images. Yeah. And she said, you know, well, I, I, I don't have any problem um, what with that. I just don't want to see pictures of my my son, I mean my daughter, yeah. having sex with her beautiful husband um, who, yeah. and enjoying each other's bodies. So there was that little slippage, which I thought was adorable because yeah. of course, you know, my mother has known me by a different name from or knew me by a different name for many years. Um, and at the same time, it was as warm and as generous a response as I could really have hoped for. Anxious, that's awesome. That's a testament to, I know you said you had a, like a little bit of a, a, a interesting relationship with your mom, but it's a testament to where you guys have gotten to, Yeah, which is really awesome. You know, I think a lot of times, like if my mom got pictures of me and my wife having <laughs> sex, I don't think I would get that response. Yeah. No, I mean, I truly, I was, I was surprised, yeah. you know, I really was, I was surprised and gratified. Um, I, I, I was not in a family with, with a man around or a okay. woman around, you know, I, I grew up with my mother and my grandmother. and So in your childhood, um, you grew up, it was you and your mom. My, me and my mom, my grandmother, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And at when you're in, as you're going through your childhood, at what point did you know that you wanted to transition? And when did that transition take place? Yeah, but good, good questions both. I mean, I, I would say the, mo the day on which it was irreversible mm. was March the 4th, 2018. Okay. So just about four years ago, in my early 30s, I realized, oh my goodness, I have to do this now. And that was, that was the idea. So for me, it wasn't so much a question of like, there was one moment where I knew I was going to transition. It yeah. was more that, you know, I, I wasn't sure that I didn't, mm. if that makes sense. Yeah, 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 <laughs> um, yeah. And... And so I had to really think about that from a, from a number of different perspectives. And one of the reasons I think why I'm so passionate about trans affirming care for teenagers is that I know that um, if anyone in my life at that point had told me that there are things that I could do that would look like transition, um, you know, I'd have been thrilled. I, yeah. I would have taken those opportunities in a heartbeat. And I, and I think I would have, you know, grown up in a in a slightly happier way. Although, you know, at the same time, part of the problem with that is who the hell knows? Like yeah, we we yeah. all we all grow up to become ourselves one way or another, and yeah. that's because we call ourselves the thing that we grew up to be. Blue Splash was taking a bath. I noticed I have some beautiful balls. Is that right? That's right. You know what else is right? Our friends at Manscaped, the global leaders in below-the-belt hygiene care, have just turned shower time into men's favorite time with their all-new ultra-premium collection. Mm. This all-in-one hygiene skin and hair bundle is designed to upgrade the everyday man's shower routine from head to toe. Your skin and hair and even balls Ooh. deserve this. Yours. This. Yours does. You deserve this, Jared. You deserve this. You deserve this. <laughs> you deserve this. No, you this. deserve it. I, maybe I do. We both deserve yes, it. Yes, we do. Save big. Mm-hmm. That was that was so by going to Manscaped. We didn't plan that. That was not planned. That wasn't planned. Go to manscaped.com right now and enter the promo code ENJOY so you can enjoy some Manscaped. Also, you can get 20% off. 20% off. That's a fantastic deal. I love saving money, and 20% is a significant amount. It's 20% of the price. Plus free shit. Plus free shit. Don't you love when people just repeat something like <laughs> it's twenty percent of the price? <laughs> Tell me a personal story, love. <laughs> Tell me about how you were shaving. 
<laughs> That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Enjoy the podcast. Bridging the gap. Letting you know behind the male mindset what we really talk about. Tell me about a time you were shaving your balls, Jared. And how did Manscaped make it a pleasurable experience for you? Here's what I'll say, though. I oh, will say man. this. This stuff is great. No, it actually is. That's I've used some other shavers, and it did not work out so pleasantly. All jokes aside, the Lawnmower 4.0 is hands down the best men's shaving product for your balls that I've ever encountered. Yeah. And it's honestly it's the only one I've ever had that was specifically made for your balls. For my balls. Everything else has been like made for your cheek. Made for this up here. Yeah. This is, this skin is a lot tougher than that skin. All right. Well, first of all, okay. I will say my I prefer to start before I get in the shower. I like to shave before. That way when I do get in the shower, the water takes oh, all yeah, the yeah, excess yeah. hair out. So first yeah. thing I do is I break out the lawnmower 4.0. And start that, but it's not that serious stuff. But just click the button. It's got the great LED lights on there, so I can see everything. I don't, you know, there's no cra uh, crevices that I'm missing. No. I'm not getting blocked out by anything that's so large that it blocks my view of other things. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. You know what's next is you got to do the hair time, right? You got you to take care of so the hair. So you get that shampoo. Yep. Shampoo your hair up. Two in one. Two in one. Shampoo and conditioner. And conditioner. So you're saving time. You're saving time. We love to save time. Those, do you have tattoos? I do. You do have tattoos. I have two tattoos. And I have a few tattoos myself. That's right. Um, Well, good thing. Yeah, tell me about it. Manscaped has something for that. Ah, I think I know what you're talking about. They have hydrating, moisturizing. Hey, hey, moisturizing spray. This new bundle will change your life. Change it. Change it. I received this change in the name of Manscaped. And I want all of our listeners to live their best lives. Or I want their men's right. to live their best lives. Lives. Everybody can live their best lives with Manscaped. Exactly. So that's right. Get 20% off right now mm -hmm. by going to manscaped.com and entering the promo code ENJOY. Ooh. So you can enjoy you some nice new balls now. Yeah. Yeah. And it's I know it's difficult, you know, for, you know, someone like myself um, where I've grown up with the idea that the the what I feel matches what I was born with and what mm -hmm. everybody recognizes me as. Mm -hmm. um, so it's really difficult. I know from I, it took me a lot of work to really empathize. Um, and I know it's not like a nice thing to say, but it took a lot of work yeah. for me to empathize for people who were born in in a body that they don't connect with. Mm -hmm. um, and and I know that there's a lot of conversation around, you know, trans women who feel that I was trapped in the wrong body, you know? And I know that was a, a big thing in your book where you were like, you know, that's not all of our experiences. Yeah. Yeah. Can you talk anything about that? No, absolutely. I mean, you know, this is this is something that, that I think about often and that I'm, I'm kind of concerned about because... Mm. You know, I've pushed back on that narrative and I'm not the first trans woman to do so. You know, I, I take a lot of my guidance from writers who were working in this this field a little before. You know, mm. a few years before I transitioned, um, a writer named Andrea Long Chu wrote an essay called On Liking Women that was this incredibly important event for a lot of trans women, um, you know, which I think liberated a lot of us from this notion that yeah. we always needed to have known that we were trans or mm. else we could not transition. 
But at the same time, I know that there are people who did have that experience. Yeah. You know, like Jan Morris or like Susan Stryker, these people who just looked in the mirror when they were five and went, no, this is wrong. I I'm need not. To, yeah, 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 this isn't me. And, it, you know, sort of profound kind of um, dissociative experience. But no, for me, I think the important thing is that um, it is possible and... Um, it is possible and in many ways desirable for a lot of people to change sex. Mm. I think that that's that's what it is. Um, and you can change your entire endocrine system so that your body is no longer absorbing and producing testosterone and is instead oh, producing wow. estrogen. You can change uh, the composition of your body so your skin becomes softer, you develop breasts. And the breasts that you develop are not you know, surgically enhanced. Yeah. They are part of your DNA that yeah. you get on your X chromosome. Yeah, which is interesting because I was just reading this article. Um, <clears throat> what, what sparked this, this little rabbit hole that I went yeah. down was... Um, there was a relationship. There was a trans. It was a trans man and a trans woman, mm -hmm. and the trans woman was breastfeeding her child. Yeah, and she she did that process where I don't know the exact terminology, so you might have to help mm -hmm. me here. But she did a process where she was able to stimulate her yeah. own breast that she got from as. As a she trans was born woman. biologically a man yep. and mm -hmm. as a trans woman was able to breastfeed, mm -hmm. which I found so interesting. It's because fascinating. Yeah. And lots of trans women breastfeed. Yeah. It's, not, it's not even uncommon anymore. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it, it's not something I'm interested in. I'm probably yeah, yeah. not going to have children. But, yeah. uh, you know, but but it is a powerful and, and sort of provocative uh, change that we can now do this to our bodies. Yeah. Right. So, um you know, that that's, I think, where I come from is that, mm -hmm. you know, I'm much less interested in big ontological claims, you know, yeah. I don't, you know, claims like trans women are women or yeah. I was born in the wrong body. I'm much more interested in I wanted to do these things to my body. I did. Yeah. And then these things happened and yeah. they were remarkable. Well, it's the it's the question. And I understand it from the same vein of like when you're uh, when you're fighting for something or fighting for equality and the opposition those are the ones that they claim that that's what they use to target you. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I understand where, you know, some people are like, you know what? No, trans women are women because it's yep. actually more of a, from what I understand is that it's more of like a rebuttal to, yeah. to what they're saying to them. Like you're not a woman or mm -hmm. you're not a man. And yeah. so they're just like, no, I, I am. Yeah. But mm -hmm. I like the way that you're approaching it because it's more of like a, it's more of a personal level. It's like, no, I, I felt these differences. And, you know, I don't I didn't do the study in, but I can understand like the the mind shift that that happens. You know, when mm -hmm. I used to play sports, it's going to sound very funny. But the way that I dressed when I went on the field mm -hmm. dictated how I played, totally. you know, totally uh, totally makes if sense I to felt me. good. I played good, you know, so mm -hmm. um, and I know that's not a good comparison, but but it's about vibe and it's yeah. about the ways in which, you know, we don't think of our identities and who we are as merely expressive. We yeah. don't always just, you know, know who we are and then dress the way that we want to dress and then we are that person. Yeah. In fact, it's a two-way street. Yeah. And the way in which we dress and the way in which we interact with other people, you know, that partly shapes how we understand ourselves. There's yeah. nothing scary or new about that fact. Yeah. Um, but we begin with the fact of social relations and then we learn who we are in those relations. Right, right. Um, and that's why I think you know, it's so important to begin with relations rather than to begin with these individual claims about individual people. Yeah. Know? And you're, when you, um, were, so, cause you said that you went through your transition, it said it's the thirties, right? Is the way yeah, you made yeah. that, mm -hmm. the, the actual taking the hormonal changing, mm -hmm. uh, medication. Were you already dating at that time or were you in a relationship? 
I was dating at that time, and I had this very strong sense that once I started hormones, no one would ever want to date me again. Mm. And so, you know, I and I really enjoyed dating. Mm-hmm. You know, this is one of the things that I enjoyed. I had two years being sober before I started hormones. Yeah. And I, one of the things I really loved about those two years was I got to date a lot of people, mm. you know, uh, who were just fascinating, yeah. sober, like crazy fun people. Cause yeah. like I finally found like, I was like, Oh my God, I'm, I'm sober. I'm in the world. I can like feel things. Yeah. It's, it was amazing. Yeah. Um, and I really expected that that was going to go away. And I, and I decided that I was going to start taking hormones. It was more important to start taking hormones than to keep being able to date people. Okay. So I understood it as a kind of like sexual suicide or something. Interesting. Um, and suffice it to say that has not been the case. Yeah, um, you're you're, you're in a, a healthy relationship right now. I'm, I'm, in, a, I'm in a marriage which yeah. I'm really profoundly committed to yeah. and which, you know, was with a, a, a guy that was already my best friend at that time yeah. when I started transitioning. And so we have, you know, transferred our relationship into a kind of romantic and sexual relationship. And we've been that. together for many years and, you know, I'm crazy about my husband yeah. in, in every way. Um, he's he's a genius. He is the kindest person I've ever met. I admire his values. Um, he he regularly does things that inspire me. I don't know why I'm telling you just how no, good my no, husband is. No, no, we got to get yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, he is, he's nice a person that. that I learn from every day, and I, you know, I love him so much. And that's what we want. And And was he around during your transition as well? He was, yeah. No, he was one of the people that I had talked to most uh, consistently about it. And he'd been very supportive of me. Um, and, but I think, one of, you know, even within a couple of days, he had said to me something like, I just think you'd make more sense if you were a woman. Yeah. And of course, like, if I hadn't already had this long history. Yeah. That, uh, that wouldn't have rung as true as it did. But of course, I'd had a long history. And I... I was stunned that someone could see me so quickly and wow. Mm. But then, you know, the other part of this is that, just like I say, that my mother was really supportive of my transition. Everyone was supportive of my transition. Mm. There was no one that I'd known for a long time who was like, that sounds a bit weird. You yeah. know, everyone's response was just like, oh, good, finally. Yeah. You know, we've been, yeah. you know, we've been waiting a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> because, you know, it, it had been in various different ways on the cards, but I was so scared. I mean, that's the other thing. Part of the problem with the you know, I was born this way narrative is that it implies that if you're not totally sure, yeah, then it you can't possibly be be a trans person. Yeah. And the fact is that a lot of people aren't sure. Yeah. And that's hard, right? Yeah. So what do we do with when people aren't sure? Mm. Um, because we have to find ways to make it okay for many things to be possible. Yeah. You know, we can't tell them that they're essential dignity and personhood relies on them being this person or that person. Yeah. You know. Um, and create multiple options for them mm-hmm. as they move forward. It's hard. It really is hard to know how to do with deal with that. Um, a lot of people aren't sure, and 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 you can be seventy percent sure that yeah. you want to transition. Yeah, and you know, and still feel that the risks are just too high. Yeah, and that's why you get these stories like you know that that old TV show Transparent. Yeah, which is about someone who didn't transition because they weren't totally sure. And mm. they transition at the end of their career, just when they're in the phase of retirement. 
um, and they find that it makes them feel a lot happier. Yeah. And that's a story of transition that I think we're relatively familiar with. Yeah. We know we know what it means to be a kind of older transitioner in your 60s. And we know what it means to be like a kid transitioner. Mm. Um, and historically, these, this has been the bifurcation. The younger group were all these like brilliant, excited, beautiful, um, happy, basically happy. I mean, frustrated and all the rest of it. Of course, or, or full of all of the drama of people in their early 20s. Yeah. Um, but, you know, they... they they looked like they wanted to look, more or less. Yeah. Whereas the older women who were in the early stages of their transition, you know, did not feel happy about mm. the way transition was working for them. And transition was very much bound up with, like, a feeling of a wasted opportunity or, mm. a, you know, lost time and mm -hmm. these kinds of things. Um, and so that's sad and hard, yeah. right? It's actually hard to know... What to do with that. Beautiful people, this podcast is proudly sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. We talk a lot about BetterHelp on this show and for good reason. And this month, we're going to be focusing on the stigma of mental health. So when it comes to therapy, as I've said before on the show, a lot of people wait until it's too late. A lot of people wait until the relationship or their life is just unbearable and they can't take it anymore. But why not try to be more proactive and try to prevent these same problems that continue to happen as opposed to chasing them over and over and over? We've also been taught that mental health is not and should not be a part of normal life. But we know that that's not reality. We all go through things in life. And so we sit there and we go to the gym. We focus on our external figure and how we look. We'll hit the diet every now and then and make sure internally we're feeling good. But what about the mental component, which to my opinion, I'm sure you guys can agree, is the key component to it all. Now, we all know that I am Mr. Therapy, a huge advocate for it, and I will stand by that. It's changed my life in so many ways, whether it's romantic relationships, friendships, career, and even my family. It gives me an ability to understand more than I need to, unlearn and relearn, and then in my personal favorite is to be able to be understood. So why not give it a shot? What do you have to lose? In my opinion, it cannot get worse than what it already is. Where you are in your life right now, it can only get better if you feel that you've hit rock bottom. BetterHelp is customized online therapy, and it offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. So you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can be matched with the therapist in under 48 hours. So again, let's give it a try, and let's see why over 2 million people have used BetterHelp online therapy. Again, this podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp, and you already know we got you covered. Enjoy the podcast. Members get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash enjoy. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P slash enjoy. Now, let's get back to this episode and see if we can get a little bit more clarity. Otherwise, I may have to have a therapy session after this. And this is why I think one of the things that I'm saying all the time and find myself insisting on in all of my work in different registers is that it is possible to transition. Yeah. I didn't know that. When I was in the closet, I didn't know that. Yeah. I thought I could either be a kind of closeted trans woman who, you know, knew, quote, knew I was trans in some mm. way, mm. but chose not to transition. Yeah. Or I could or I could transition, but that wouldn't work. I would just look like a kind of weird oddball. Mm. And I'm sure, you know, whatever. I mean, no, Los you Angeles. Cool, I, you have cool, you have cool vibes. Okay, okay, thank you. Yeah, I got cool vibes. Um, no, but I mean, I, I was really scared that I wouldn't have cool yeah. vibes. I was really scared I'd have like creepy, off-putting vibes. Yeah. And um, so, being able to say, like, actually, you know what? Notwithstanding that my voice is kind of masculine, notwithstanding that um, I have new problems as well mm. as some old problems, mm. 
transitioning has worked for me most of my life. I just yeah. get to live in a totally different way. I am received and understood in a totally different way without having to explain anything. Mm -hmm, There's mm -hmm. no litigiousness anymore. I don't ever have to say, this is who I am, that's who <coughs> I am. And people just like get it because it yeah. because the information is carried and communicated through vibes, yeah, right? And not yeah. through um, not through kind of juridical declarations. Mm. Um, and if I had known that, mm. if I'd known that it were possible, I think I would have lived a different life and I think I would have been happier. Interesting. And and through through that transition, how helpful was that to your relationship and to your guys' dynamic? Yeah. It is I'm did I I've never I don't think I asked. Is your uh husband is are they also trans? He is trans. Okay. Yes. Yeah, yeah, my husband's a trans guy. And it, weirdly we were transitioning around the same time. Okay. But in totally different ways and for totally different reasons. And so when we were going through this period where we were angry at each other because mm. You know, he'd been refusing to tell me that he was yeah. whatever. Yeah. Um, during that time, that was also when we were both starting to transition. Okay. And he had he had basically transitioned in the aftermath of a bad breakup, mm. where he had decided, you know, that in order to like get this breakup off his mind, he needed to become a guy. And you know, for me, it was like for 20 long years, I've carried this secret yeah. inside me and I've nurtured it and I've yeah. looked longingly up at the moon. And, yeah. you know, I couldn't understand why, like literally he'd gone from one weird boner yeah. to, um, you know, like looking like a dude who had a beard yeah. in about five months. Wow. Whereas I really had been pining and confused mm. and sentimental and poignant and everything for years and years and years. And so it, and also because I was so sure that for me, um, transition was going to involve sexual privation. And he okay. was so sure that sex was going to be just so much better for him, yeah. which it is, <laughs> incidentally. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, it is for me too, but it's very different. At a certain point, when we finally decided that we were going to go for it, it just made sense. Yeah. And it wasn't that we never had any difficulties remembering, mm. you know, or anything like that. He's my husband in a really straightforward way. You know, I was... As I say, I was I was getting yelled at online this week, and I was I was the object of like hate articles in the UK press this week, which was really awesome. yeah. I said something mean about the Queen, and oh. you know when you say that to British <laughs> you can't people, do that. I know. They, they go, <laughs> and to be honest, my mom did not like that. Uh, you know, did not mind the stuff about the sex, but was not happy that I said something oh, about the Queen. My yeah. mom was like, "Gracie shouldn't have said that about yeah. the Queen." And I was yeah. like, "Okay, yeah. you, you know, whatever." Yeah. I understand. <laughs> anyway, I said something mean about the Queen, and then all of a sudden, like. Berkeley professor's sick tweet. Oh, you know like, what? I think I've seen this. Yes, yeah, yeah. No, no, that was me. That's <laughs> okay, the headline. Okay. Um, I got kicked off Twitter for, you know, a, a sick tweet about the queen. Anyway, my yeah. point being, you know, Danny has been really protecting me about this and like holding me in, in all yeah. of this drama. I was talking with my one of my close girlfriends about this yesterday and she was like, yeah, Danny really is just like a classic macho dude when it comes yeah, to things. Like like he puts his arms around you. Yeah. yeah. He puts his arms around you and he holds you in place. And that's exactly right. You know, like he is such a foundation. Yeah. And, you know, he's like, he's an earth sign. He's a Sagittarius. Like, yeah. He's, uh, yeah, he's, he's very, very that, powerful. That's beautiful. And so in your guys' relationship, how... In, so you guys' transition, did it bring you guys closer because you guys went through the same time, even though it's, it's different reasons? Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, you know. But not really, huh? Yeah, I, it's difficult to say because... You guys uh, connected. We were so close in so many yeah. different ways. And the thing was, the first way I think that we connected with each other was as writers. You yeah. know, I had loved his work for longer than he knew who I was. And then when he started to read my work, he was excited about that too. And, you know, we just had this like sparky... Spencer and Spencer Tracy, Kate Hepburn kind of vibe where we were yeah. just like zip, 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 zip yeah. at each other constantly. Yeah. You had mentioned something earlier. And if I'm if I'm going to to uh, personal, please let me know. You weren't. Yeah. <laughs> um, you had mentioned something earlier about there was a little bit of complications from the medication. Mm-hmm. Um, and from what I what I I not safe to assume is, is bad. I, I, I do this a lot, but I assume that um, you still have your penis and it it's not functioning the way that it used to. That's correct. Yeah, okay. broadly speaking. I mean, so the book is called, the subtitle of the book is um, A Heartbreaking Work of Staggering Penis. So I talk about my genitals a lot um, okay. in the book and it's always a little embarrassing, but it's also, you know, something that we are forced to talk about a lot. So yeah, I'm going to talk yeah. about it a lot. Let's leave, you know, okay, you want to talk about trans women's penises? Let's do it. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> you know. Yeah, let them know. Then, you know, right. Yeah. That's how I feel about it. I'm like, yeah. I'm not ashamed. I'm not embarrassed. Um, correct. Yeah. So my, uh, after a few months of being on progesterone, sorry, mm. on, on um, spironolactone and estradiol and later progesterone, uh, my penis stopped getting erect. Mm-hmm. Um, it still occasionally gets erect. Yeah. Um, and in fact, now, for whatever reason, and I don't really know why, but it's mm. interesting, um, it gets erect a little more frequently than it used to. So it, it, I would say I now get like one erection every two weeks. Okay. Um, rather than, as it was for a while, every three months. Oh, wow. Um, and I don't, you know, who knows? Who knows what that is? I don't, mm. I don't know that it necessarily has... Um, has a huge explanation. I think once one's body fluctuates over the course of one's life in a number of different ways. Yeah. Um, but I don't tend to have sex with people for whom the penis is a kind of big, thing. which is interesting. You know, I was just about to bring that up was that, um, you know, it's, it's sex in a heteronormative world is it's like, it starts when the penis is hard and it end when the penis is soft. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 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 And so it's, it's um, interesting because I think from my perspective, when I hear what happened, my instinct is to go, is to mourn for you. Like yeah. that, that was my instinct is totally. to be like, yeah. Oh, but no, then you, of course, yeah. but then you go down. That was down, my instinct too. Yeah, yeah. But it's it, it's it, but then you go down and you're like, well, why don't we just expand what sex is yeah. rather than it's just about this dick right now? Yeah, you know. Well, I think you've already reached the conclusion that yeah. I, you know, I'm hoping that people will come to you from this book. But um, yeah, no, I think that that's that's really important. People can enjoy penises in any number of ways, and I tend to enjoy other people's penises much yeah. more than I ever enjoyed my own. Um, I, I'm currently dating a couple of different people who have penises and I'm very excited about it. (laughs) Uh, and you know, and the other thing, it's sort of like embarrassing to say, but it just is like, if you know, you know, is that, um, trans girls penises are different. And Mm. the reason for that is that, uh, you know, once one has taken a lot of hormones, Mm -hmm. uh, it changes a lot about the genitals, the mm. the kind of texture of the skin changes, okay. the way in which blood moves into and through the, the organ changes. Um, 
it's different. And so yeah. there's a sort of slogan that people occasionally have, which is like, it's all about the mouthfeel, yeah. uh, which I, I, I'm not entirely sure. Like, I, you know, and, and I also, if people don't ever want to have sex with a penis, like they should never have sex with a penis. Yeah. Like it's really straightforward. And I yeah. think that sometimes people get tied up in knots around this. Like if you don't want to do it, for God's sake, don't do it. And yeah. no one should try to talk you into doing it. It's very, very straightforward. Yeah. Um, however, you know, it is also true that a lot of people um, who don't usually have sex with people with penises do have sex with trans women with penises. And yeah. that fact is interesting. This person I dated last night was a lesbian. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I find often that pe- when I'm dating women, it's much more likely that I'm dating lesbians than dating straight women. Interesting. I can't think of any counterexamples off the top. I'm sure there are Well, there's like a, a, an understanding there. Yeah. There's a, I, lo- a little bit more of an understanding. I, I feel that, you know, a lived experience that's not quite the same, but they, they mm-hmm. kind of been around, you know, with, yeah. with those, you know, I don't know how to explain it, but there's like a, there's like an understanding more that they did get you a little bit more than a, probably a straight woman would. You know, I, I think so in, yeah. a, in a lot of ways. And, and one of the really key like emotional moments in my transition actually was, um, you know, I think I'd been saying, I was in a conversation over text with a couple of my friends who are both cis women lesbians. And I had said something about how, you know, my biggest fear was that, like, what if I actually am just some kind of awful pervert who's only done all of these things because I want to go to the bathroom where there are women and like, that's my whole, like, sexual perversion. I don't mm. even know if that's, you know, mm. whatever. It's just like a fear that comes up. And one of my cis lesbian friends just said, that's a fear I've had since I was a kid. Mm. That like, I shouldn't be allowed to go into the bathroom with girls because I was taking a kind of inappropriate sexual pleasure in it. Yeah. And that was a moment of incredible connection and just Mm. realizing, oh my God, this thing that I thought made me really different from you Mm. actually weirdly kind of makes us the same kind of thing. Interesting. And um, of course not everyone feels that way. And of course that's, that's not a scalable proposition. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, and also these days I feel fairly confident saying, yeah, like I don't actually get around no, going to the bathroom, yeah. but you know, there's so much of it that it's, you know, the idea of the trans woman is this kind of <clears throat> utterly unpardonable, um, degenerate. Well, there's a, there's a lot of fishing and understanding of who you are that you have to go cool. through. Um, and I can understand the thought pattern of like, especially if you're an empathetic person, which mm-hmm. I, you strike me as somebody who's empathetic mm-hmm. and. I can understand the thought pattern of being like, you know, if I desire to be inclusive and want to go into these bathrooms, is that secretly like my mind telling me that I actually just want to go in here because I want to see women who are, you know right, what I mean? Exactly. I can understand the thought pattern, but yeah. it's, 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 um, it's sad yeah, it that, is, that yeah. you had and to even consider that. I think it is sad. Yeah. Um, and again, it's like, you know, what does one do with the fact that these fantasies and these fears are being culturally reproduced. That was really good, but now it's time for something else. Something fun, something exciting, something brought to you by HelloFresh. As we all know, the new year is a great time. This feels really menacing. You know, friends, the new year is a great time to focus on what's most important to you. Whether it's saving money, learning a new skill like cooking, or maybe just eating better. HelloFresh is here to help with great options. And today, we're gonna put those options to the challenge, to the test, because as you all know, I do not like to cook. I eat like a raccoon, basically anything that's in front of me, and I don't have any discernible cooking talents. So, we're gonna put all that to the test today with HelloFresh's simple, 
easy to follow instructions. We are going to have the figgy balsamic pork. Mmm, I can taste it already. Let's get cooking. That was supposed to be way cooler. I was supposed to slice everything. Ha! That's what I was looking for right there. Okay. Now HelloFresh offers 50 plus menu items every week. So there's always gonna be something that's gonna suit your palate or your diet. You know, whether it's vegetarian, I mean, let me see. I, I, it, there's so much, I have to actually read it. They have veggie, calorie smart, family friendly, gourmet options, recipes like hibachi, sweet boy, bavette, steak and shrimp. Shoof, you're getting restaurant quality meals brought right into your home. You don't have to go anywhere. You don't have to wait in lines. There may be a screaming baby at the restaurant. You don't have to hear that screaming baby anymore. Unless there's a screaming baby at your house. I'm just saying, you know what? Take it from Los. With great options like that, plus the ability to easily change types of food that you want, how much you want of it, when you want it delivered, right within their app, HelloFresh is the perfect at-home meal delivery plan. So at this point, you're probably wondering, Los, how do I get this deal? How do I get these delicious morsels delivered to my house? Well, right now, I'm going to tell you, okay? You can go to HelloFresh.com slash Enjoy16. Enter our promo code Enjoy16. You'll get up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. Again, that's HelloFresh.com slash Enjoy16. Enter our promo code Enjoy16. You'll get up to 16 free meals, three free gifts. Cannot beat it. Remember, check them out. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. I'm learning even in this conversation mm -hmm. right now. And no, uh, and I, I do pride myself as somebody who can hold both truths and listen to both truths. Um, I, I, I only have a few more questions. First of all, this is, I can keep going. I'm going to yeah. keep picking your brain because I love this. you are a compilation of so much. And I, I've just met you, mm -hmm. but you will say certain things and roll pipe past it. And I'm mm -hmm. like, oh, wait, I want to dive into that right now. <laughs> Let's do because it. You're, but I, I know we have a time schedule. So I'm mm -hmm. trying to, I'm trying to I have two more that are pressing questions okay. that I really want to ask you, but there's so much in you then I, I, oh, well, I come back anytime yeah Jared. You I have love so this. much in you you know so the two things that I want to dive into and we'll make it short is your um sober journey mm -hmm. and why you why you um decided to go that route and then mm -hmm. two how you became a teacher and your your you know that whole world I think that's really dope you're at a awesome school mm -hmm. that school is is really hard to get into yeah <laughs> so, yeah i didn't um, get into it for grad school i was i was rejected oh see? i'm a tenured professor at a school i was rejected <laughs> from yeah yeah so so f let's let's dive into the um the sober w mm. what made you decide that i i can't do this anymore yeah well you know it's such a long story and i i could i could tell it in a number of different ways but i guess what i can say is that Sometime early in 2014, let's say like New Year's Day, mm. I decided that I, I knew on the 1st of January 2014 that uh, I was an alcoholic, that I had lost all ability to control my drinking and that this was the problem of my mm. life. So I came up with a new schedule, a new, new idea of how I was going to solve this. And that was that I was going to give myself $10 in a credit on like I was going to credit myself $10 for any day that I didn't drink in mm. the month of January. And the idea was that I could just count how much money I'd saved at the end of the month and then I could spend that on whatever. 
at the end of January, I'd had six days total when I hadn't drunk, which was $60, which was enough to buy two small bags of cocaine, which I did, along with buying a lot more cocaine yeah. um, at the end of that month. And I didn't try it again in February. So, you know, I that was part of it, just realizing, oh, I can't, that system didn't work. So I had yeah. this other idea, which was, I'm going to date a lot of dancers. Maybe that'll help. <laughs> you know, dating dancers has got to be fun because, like... <laughs> You know, they're great. And yeah. like, you know, who doesn't want to date dancers? Yeah. Like they're bendy. And so <laughs> I tried that. That didn't help. Then I had this crazy idea. This was like coming in towards the end of 2014. You know what my problem is? My problem is that I drink too much. But if I could just change that to like cocaine and just edit, invest more quite, yeah. of my time yeah, yeah, in yeah. coke, that would be better because coke is a more interesting and creative drug. Yeah. And it will help me with my productivity rather yeah. than taking my productivity away. The problem with this, you know, is that I have never once in my life done cocaine without also drinking. Yeah. And so, yeah, they you know, go hand in hand. yeah, you can't yeah. really yeah. do, I mean, I couldn't do one without the other. So yeah. I was trying to tell myself, do more coke in order to drink less. Yeah. But of course what I was doing was doing more coke to drink more. Yeah. Um, and so that didn't work. And then early 2015, things in my life just started falling apart yeah. in various different ways. I hurt a couple of people in fairly serious ways mm. um, that were, I mean, not sort of criminal or anything like that, but, yeah. uh, you know, emotional. I did a couple of things that I'm really not proud of. And I had um, lost my house. I was living on people's couches. I, mm. you know, I was suicidal. I Everything was falling apart. And all I knew was... I need to stop drinking. Mm. And I couldn't. And it was so baffling because I would wake up at four o'clock in the morning with the shakes. And I would just say to myself, all I have to do is get through the day without drinking. And I would spend six hours going through my head. How am I going to get through the day without drinking? I was thinking each, each step I have to take. I'm going to leave the house at 10 a.m. I'm going to walk there. I'm going to pass this bar, but I'm going to ignore it. And then I'm going to do this work here. And then I'm going to leave that. I'm going to go here. And then I'm going to pass this other bar, but I'll ignore it. And then I'll just come straight home, sit on my hands and have a burrito. Um, and that was my idea, right? Mm. Was exactly that. And it didn't work a single time. Yeah. Because as soon as I was walking back, I would go to the bar. And of once course. I've had one beer, I realized that, you know, I don't well, just want to have one beer. So I'm already, just going to, yeah, yeah already, I've already, already broken broke the seal. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to drink as much as I can. And then... Um, I'll pass out and try again tomorrow. So, but that was every day. And, yeah. and if you are living like that for more than a couple of days, you go insane. Like yeah. I was in, I would, I, I would say I was totally insane. I was utterly deranged. Yeah. I had never once succeeded in doing the thing that I thought I was doing. Yeah. Um, and it just put me so completely at odds with myself. And you know, that, that lasted for months. Yeah. I mean, it's, it really did last for months. And again, I had known for a long time that I couldn't control my drinking, but I just didn't know what to do. Yeah. Right? Again, I just like did not know what to do. <clears throat> so then one day um, I drank, I was in just one of these cycles and, you know, I had just had this like fight with someone that I cared about and she'd realized that I was drinking when I said that I wasn't. God. And... Um, and then, you know, I remember standing outside this bar and I was, this was before I actually had my first drink of that day. I was standing outside the bar, 17th of January, 2016. And I thought, I am a smart person. I am a good teacher. 
I am, I have many values and virtues. I'm not an evil person. I'm not a stupid person. I'm not an especially worthless person, but I cannot do this. Mm. And this is the thing that has destroyed me. Mm. And so I, at that moment, just realized like that I might as well just stop fighting. It would be mm. easier if I could just stop fighting. Mm. So, you know, I just like, okay, I'm going to drink myself to death. Mm. That's what I'll do. I think that's the only thing that I can do. So I went into the bar, drank as much as I could and walked back to the place I was staying that night. Um, and it wasn't like I was trying to kill myself that night, but I definitely wasn't trying to stay alive. Yeah. Um, and, and then I woke up the next, I passed out and woke up the next morning and I had this extraordinary feeling because I'd, I'd never had that feeling before of like, I'm just going to give up. Mm. And then when I woke up the next morning, I had an even more extraordinary feeling, which was, this is all a bit silly. This mm. is all kind of dramatic. Mm. You know, I wonder if there's any way to like just decompress the drama. So I called up Danny, my friend at In the time. Yeah. And I was like, okay, so I think I might need real help. Yeah. Um, and I think I'm ready to get it. So, you know, Danny took me to a place where there was help. And then I went back every day, several times a day for a couple of years. That became my life was just ricocheting between like different meetings, different groups, different support structures. And, you know, I quickly, I mean, the thing was I, I'd been drunk so much for so long, like within a month, I had been sober longer than I had ever been sober in my life. You mm. know, within, within 30 days, I'd had the experience of thinking, this is what it feels this like to spend a month yeah. without getting wasted every day. Wow. Um, and of course, like, you know, that also makes me think like, great, go get wasted now. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. But then at a certain point, you know, it becomes something that you want to preserve because you realize that actually like, and here's the big like twist about getting sober. And it sounds awful because like if someone, if I'd heard someone saying this, like I would not have wanted to, to hear about it. But like being sober from cocaine, for example, yeah, um, is more like being on cocaine all the time than like never being on cocaine. Interesting. You know? Yeah. Um, because what you're trying to do ultimately is access the thing that Coke was helping you access, but yeah. without the Coke. Yeah. And if you can't get it, you're going to go and use Coke because yeah. you like it and yeah. I like it, you know? So as you can see, I'm kind of high energy and I'm yeah. like, you know, pretty direct and intense. I'm fairly yeah. confident in my, in a lot of parts of my life. Yeah. You know, and I think a lot of this comes from doing the work to produce for myself that that, that experience yeah. and that you know that that I was getting from alcohol and drugs. So that's you know part of it, um, and I don't want to lose it because mm -hmm. I think my thing is you know if I did if like someone presented me with a line of coke now, I would love it, yeah. but then I would think immediately I would want more, and the whole thing would be about the next one. Yeah, and that would stop me from enjoying the thing that I'm enjoying now, which is like basically the experience of yeah. being just like. I'm good now. Yeah, yeah, I'm good now. Exactly. Yeah. And um, that's that's the beautiful thing. I think a lot of people, a lot of times, you know, when I've hear, like, I have had a lot of family members that were um, addicted to substance, and mm -hmm. a lot of times that they would they would say is that they are better mm -hmm. at whatever they were doing when they were either high or drunk. Um, and so I think hearing that perspective of like self-generating the high or the, mm -hmm. the feeling that you are chasing, um, is actually encouraging. Um, you know, it, it's, it's, you, you are a very fascinating person, mm -hmm. you know, first of all, the things that you have overcome when it comes to, you know, life and then now your addiction, 
um, it's fascinating because a lot of people don't make it back out of that. I, I didn't think I would. Mm. And, you know, I mean, I have to say as well, it's not like I can make it for myself. I have to, you know, there's a whole sort of spiritual dimension mm. where I have to sort of allow something else to make it for me. Mm. And I've always been a scholar of psychoanalysis. So I have this psychoanalytic framework for how um, that works. And it has to do with the id and it has to do with, you know, the kind of extraordinary latent powers of creativity that exist in all of us. You know, yeah. I was talking about dreaming with with someone the other night. It was like, it's so amazing that every every night we go to sleep and we get this incredibly weird piece of art shown yeah. to us that's been tailor-made for us. Yeah. That like, I mean, why don't we talk about that all the time? Why yeah. are we not always talking about the fact that we yeah. have this these resources inside ourselves that we experience and directly have contact with every day? Yeah. Um, you know, so that's like what I think of my quote unquote higher power as, yeah. right? It's like, you know, the kind of unbounded creativity of the unconscious. Um, oh, uh, our second camera went out. Oh, no. All right, we'll go, we'll go wrap it up because I know Shannon's probably like, all right, it's my turn. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's turn. Well, I've got to answer yeah. the question about the, um, about the school. school. Yes, yeah. Yes. So, you know, I, I came to the US to study, um, Literature, which is my passion. Yeah. Um, I'm a writer now and I've always been a reader. Um, and, you know, I didn't really know what an academic life would look like. I didn't think it was going to involve teaching. But yeah. then at the same time, no one really knows when they get into grad school what the academic life is look, looks like. And now it's kind of falling apart anyway. So, yeah, we don't really know what it'll look like 10 years from now. But I was educated at a number of places, Oxford and University of Pennsylvania, especially where there was just a lot of money and a lot of privilege. Mm. And I wanted to steal whatever I could from those places and like run away. And when I went on the job market, the one place that offered me a position was UC Berkeley, wow. which is a public school um, whose fees are too high and which does a lot of things wrong, but which is a place I want to defend. And when I think about the California Master Plan for Higher Education, when I think about, um, you know, the the plan that it should be possible for everyone in the state who grows up in the state of California to be able to receive a world-class education. That's extraordinary. Yeah. That is truly extraordinary. There is nowhere else in the world that has anything like what we have here in California. And we're losing it. And it won't exist 50 years from now, but it is worth defending. And um, that, that meant I had to reorient my life again because, mm. you know, it's one thing to go to Oxford and steal what you can and try to give it away. Yeah. But to go to a place like Berkeley and realize, like, no, I don't want to steal from this place. I actually want to build this place. I yeah. want to defend this place. And I want to defend everything else that, that it stands for is a really differ different kind of environment. And, um, you know, 50% of the graduating class of English majors at UC Berkeley are first-generation college students wow. um, and members of underrepresented minority groups. Wow. I mean, that's stunning. Yeah. That's just stunning. And to think that, like, the number of people that we are teaching – in this context where everyone in my department is the best in the world at what they do, you know, like we have, we are the number one de ranked English department in the country. Everyone is literally the best at what they do. Um, and we are teaching people who are 50% coming from families that have never gone to college before. Wow. That is amazing. That's, that's, uh, that, the wave, the wave tattoo. Yeah. What that wave, exactly. will, what that wave will do is I interesting. Know, I know. And that's what gives me faith about this world that yeah. is so bad and so frightening is that, you know, if we can hold on to our universities, hold on to the democratic potential of our universities, the, mm. the potential of our universities to do something other than keep the ruling class in power, um, you know, which is what 
those fancy East Coast universities do. They, yeah. they employ the scions of power to go back into power. And we are doing something different at Berkeley. And we, That's we, beautiful. And it's something I believe in with my whole heart. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's. It, I wish I was better at it than I am. I wish I was a more assiduous and dedicated teacher than I know that I sometimes am. I am occasionally lazy. Um, and I am not always giving as much attention as I, as I can, as I should, but I do my best. Um, and I am so grateful for the service that I get to perform because truly, you know, California has the best education system in the world, bar none. And, yeah. uh, it's something we should all be very proud of. Wow. It, that is a, a take on college. I haven't heard ever in mm. a long time, but it's refreshing. It's refreshing. And it's, and it's, um, it's, it's something that. It's something that I think should be talked about more mm -hmm. because it's a side it's a side of college that is is real. Um, and first off, Grace, this was uh, incredibly enlightening. Um, you're fascinating, as I said before. Thank and you, I don't Jared. mean that in like a, in a weird way. I mean that more in a way that's just like you have overcame a lot and you have a lot in your brain. Hmm. You have a lot. You you have a lot. And I uh, I just keep wanting to ask questions and learn more. I'm excited to sit and watch when you when you uh, sit down with Shan. Um, where can they find you? Where can they get your book? Oh, yeah. So my yeah. book is called Please Miss, uh, uh, Heartbreaking Work of Staggering Penis, yeah. published in the U.S. by Seal Books. So order it from them or indeed anyone else. Um, and in the U.K. by Daunt. I'm on Instagram at grace.lavery.pangolin. Hey. Um, and that's the best place to find me. Yeah, because you got kicked off of Twitter. Because <laughs> I got kicked off of Twitter for saying something mean about the Queen. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, they, I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. Um, it, was a, it was a pleasure for me. I can't wait for the guys to watch this, and I can't wait for you guys to watch this. Uh, I'll catch you guys next week. Tell your grandma about us. Don't I give you that rush? Keep that loving raw Don't need no candlelight Cause you feel like the morning sun There ain't no end in sight Put that shit on my life This ain't no fantasy We living on the edge tonight I told her lay down We can make a movie now This ain't audition You tripping over your lines now I flip the script I be flipping you on your side now I got a rollie Your role is to take the time now I got you dripping in a Tesla You fucking up all the just checked, I got a checker We fucking it up together Don't lie Don't I, don't I, don't I Don't I I can't help but flex it all I can't wait to break it off I'm the only one to make you feel like you can have it all Don't lie